Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast, the show where we review all the latest talking points and news and also gossip in the Formula One world. As always, for your listening and viewing pleasure, depending on what platform you check this podcast out on. But first of all, of course, joining me is my co-host, Mr. Courtney Pye. Courtney, how are you doing? You're okay? Yeah, good evening, everyone. Um, I'm looking forward to covering one of the possible uh, title challenges this season after uh, the Alpha Tauri and the Alpha Romeo uh, launches were so-so and yeah I'm looking forward to getting stuck into a team that could well challenge Mercedes this season. Absolutely and of course joining us once again uh, a familiar face on this podcast now it's Mr Lee Wallington. Lee first of all thank you for joining us on this episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. How are you doing so far? Are you okay? Well, like always thank you again for having me and um, today I'm good. It's a uh, it's midweek, so it's a uh, that mountain uh, going up the mountain, reach the peak, and it's a. Uh... Well, that nice downward journey to uh, the weekend and more car reveals next week. Absolutely. Recording on hump day of all days. So uh, it can only get better as the week goes on. But it's been a pretty good week in the Formula One world. Of course, this is in no doubt owing to the car launches that we have been seeing. Of course, first we had McLaren. Then we had AlphaTauri. Alfa Romeo, of course, if you haven't checked out the Alfa Romeo episode, there's a lot of you that haven't already from what I can see. Do make sure to check that out on the YouTube channel. We did a good review of the C41 and what Alfa Romeo's prospects are for this season. But we're not here to talk about Alfa Romeo today we are here to talk about the team that arguably has the best chance of stopping and ending the Mercedes dominance in the turbo hybrid era and that is Red Bull who yesterday unveiled the RB16B a b-spec version if you like of their 2020 car but it's certainly in no doubt going to be a slightly updated version first of all guys um what did you think of the livery lee um were you surprised that red bull did not go with a special launch style camo livery that they usually go for in recent years instead just deciding to stick with what they know best with the old classic red bull livery 
Um, I would say no, I wasn't really surprised. The, they they got the classic uh, livery. Um, occasionally, they throw their curveball livery in testing, where they obviously try and hide their fancy aero pieces with deceiving artwork, um, which that still may happen. Um, but no, for the actual car of it, I wasn't surprised because obviously they, they have their nice computer-generated images they get all around the world, and it's just easy and recognisable as their branding of this is a Red Bull car. Yeah, I mean, the livery itself at Red Bull is always one of my favourites. Um, it's it's one of those that never really gets stale either. It's easily recognisable, the Red Bull branding. It works well with the matte paint as well and the ba- and obviously the bluish-purplish base, whichever colour it actually is, I'm not sure. Um, but it, it just works and I f- it never gets stale. As I said, it's kind of like how Ferrari are with their uh, livery. They never really get boring. They change little bits here and there, but as a brand it kind of works um Courtney how about you were you disappointed that Red Bull despite advertising and marketing some products owing to that was kind of hinting at perhaps a launch spec livery Mm. they decided to just um revert to type and go with the classics well I've noticed some massive news on that car big big news they replaced the Aston Martin sponsorship on the rear (laughs) wing with Honda what a difference. Could this be the difference that Red Bull need to challenge Mercedes? I'll tell you what, well, <laughs> it's it's up there with the Tag Heuer um, controversy regarding the Renault engines, where this relationship with them and Renault got so sour, they started rebranding the engine as a Tag Heuer engine rather than a Renault one. That was, that was oh, yeah, a really interesting that. saga. Um, and then obviously Renault responded in kind by Daniel, signing Daniel Ricciardo. So... Um, yeah, no love lost between those two, of course. Christian Horner is still a beatable, but we're not here to talk about that rivalry. We are here to talk about the new Red Bull. And yeah, I, I agree, guys. I, I love the Red Bull livery. I, I was a bit disappointed. I always like seeing a bit of a camo or test launch style livery that they like to bring out because it always, uh, I don't know, it inspires the creative juices um, mm. you know, for some other people. I always like to see a nice looking livery, even if it's just for testing. Uh, I'd love to see Red Bull go for something like that for the season, but you know, Red Bull is Red Bull and they do well. I suppose, in a way, for those of you that lack motivation, they would have paid someone to actually come up with the Red Bull livery for this season. So um, literally control plus C on that one. <laughs> but um, nonetheless, obviously, mocking the livery aside, let's talk about the actual car itself. Now, the launch itself at Red Bull, um, it was pretty much just a standard video montage for like a minute and then it unveiled the car similar to the way that Alfa Romeo did and then just a few photos afterwards and upon first inspection it's fair to say guys that they did not give us much to look at in terms of technical details or anything that we could see on the car however after careful observation there were a few things that were noticed um, and of course uh, they also did some promotional running with Sergio Perez got his first chance to have a drive in the RB16B at Silverstone, which obviously allowed us to have more of an opportunity to find some new innovations on the car. Lee, I'll come to you first. Was there anything on the Red Bull that stood out for you in particular? Of course, excluding the removal of the Aston Martin branding that Courtney has already mentioned in replace of the Honda one. Was there anything technical on the car that you that intrigued you? Well, the, the, the thing that intrigues me slightly about the Red Bull car, and obviously they're trying their best to hide it, as all teams do, is obviously the changes to the rear floor. Mm. And Red Bull are a team that are renowned to have their higher rake and the special flooring system that everyone's been envious for years. Even though Mercedes have been romping to titles, they still want to have a Red Bull-style aero. It's only until last year that uh, Racing Point decided to go, hey, I don't want Red Bull, I want to go Mercedes. Um, that's a different discussion. But the, 
from what I can see on, on what I observed and other um, pundits observe is that they're potentially Red Bull running a slightly less rake um, than they have done in previous years with their reduction in aero on the floor with obviously their little slots and cuts and things that are no longer allowed because the shorter floor space, smaller floor space, I should say, on the sides. So I, I find that intriguing. Obviously, how Red Bull are going to make that up and I'm sure Adrian Newey already probably has in some degree made up that loss along with other designers up and down the grid. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the rear of the car was an area that we expected Red Bull to work on. Um, I think like Alpha Tauri, there was there was expectation of some work to be done there. Although Red Bull have gone a lot further than Alpha Tauri, who by contrast have worked particularly on the front. Um, Courtney, was there anything in particular you wanted to add? Anything that you noticed on the new car? That um, nothing at all. No, no. To be honest, I think both of you have covered the main changes in the Red Bull. But to be honest, I'm not surprised they haven't revealed too much in their reveal because let's be honest, we expect to see some changes in testing. And then probably even when it comes to the first race, we won't really see what's on that Red Bull till then. Because if Red Bull were going to truly challenge Mercedes this season, they need to be hiding any sort of sort of loopholes that they've found to really challenge them. And it also comes down to the Honda engine. But Honda really have to get this right for Red Bull to challenge Mercedes. Because I don't know, in the, in the past several seasons, we've always been expecting Red Bull to be the team to challenge Mercedes and they have to get it right at the very beginning because this is where Red Bull have gone wrong. They seem to always start slowly and then towards the end of the season they pick up several wins or you know generally challenge the Mercedes a lot more. They have to get it right at the start so what they do now will define whether they're going to give us the season that most of fans want to see. Yeah, absolutely right. It's critical that they hit the ground running, uh, contrary to how they've been in previous seasons where they've always been a bit lackadaisical and had issues. Um, last year in particular, they had some correlation issues with their wind tunnel, which really messed up uh, the front end of the car. It really, you know, there was an imbalance of downforce. It caused the rear end to spin out a lot. And, you know, eventually they got on top of that as the season progressed on. But of course, towards the last end race of the season, they were still experimenting on certain parts. The devil is certainly going to be in the detail. Um, I mean, some things that I noticed, because um, I have no life and I love F1 cars, so it's a great combination at the moment to um, really get on top of actually trying to find out these details or stuff that's new. But one thing I did notice, um, on the front of the car, uh, under the nose, obviously the nose is quite similar to what they had last year. Um, they've obviously refined the cape area, which is on either side of the nose. You know, like it looks like a Batman cape at the front um there's a different shape to that it's refined a little bit and i think that kind of goes in line with the wide mounted uh, pillars on the front wing because i don't know if you guys notice it uh towards the end of last I season haven't, no towards the end of last season have a look um i'll send you a photo later what i'm talking about but uh you guys will be able to see it on the pictures obviously if you're watching this on youtube but um what Red Bull have done, they kind of experimented between narrow and wide pillars underneath the uh, air slot on the nose and you know, this kind of affected the stability at the front end and obviously consistency of the grip levels. And Max Verstappen himself was really unsure. And they started the season with a wide nose mount um, on the front wing. They ended the season with the narrow one, which is what Max used when he won in Abu Dhabi. They've gone for the wider approach, but I feel that that's going to be complemented by this new cape design at the front, which should direct the airflow underneath the car with the new floor, obviously, uh, that's been trimmed at the back. Um, some other things I noticed there's some been refinements on the sideboards and uh, the side pods, I should say, and the barge boards a little bit. 
just a little bit you have to really pay close attention to see it um and, and if you didn't know it was there you probably wouldn't notice it looking at pictures from last season as well they were very very similar um again a design inspired by ferrari back in 2017 the side pod design has kind of been optimized ever since some extra adam yes i want to ask you a question go on then. Right, i think i know the answer do you reckon red bull have designed this car to suit max or are they going to give sergio perez a fair chance for the design well, I think the design was always going to be around the drivers that were already in the team. So I would say predominantly that this is a Max Verstappen inspired car, mm-hmm. not to suggest that Red Bull always design their cars around Max. I don't think that there's much truth in that, although some people may believe that to the contrary. Um, so, so no, I don't think that that's something that Red Bull are worried about and that Perez will not be able to get up to speed. I think his driving style will complement. He'll be able to be experienced enough to work around that. But this is a car that... I think Max Verstappen will enjoy it. It's something where he that lack of stability at the front end really unsettled him. And I think that's something he's going to really enjoy, especially with his driving style. Um, the rear of the car, Lee, you mentioned this already. Um, this was the big area that Red Bull made some changes and spent their tokens from what I can see. Um, one thing that did interest me, and you might, enjoy, you might uh, find this interesting as well, Courtney, is that Red Bull seemed to have abandoned their old suspension layout and gone for a more okay. reversed Mercedes style at the rear. Um, I, I, I was looking upon this, and the reason why I go with this logic is they've moved the um, was it they moved the wishbone um, behind the pull rod part of the suspension. So you've got the three components: you've got the pull rod, the track rod, and the wishbone. And the wishbone usually goes in front um, of the track bone, uh, front of the pull rod like that but they've pulled it back and reversed that design and this is exactly similar to what Mercedes did in 2020 and it worked out really well from in terms of rear end stability and there should be a pretty decent aero benefit to this and Red Bull have designed this in a way to sort of complement the mechanisms that go with the two token system and also the refinements and the slimming to the engine cover and the bodywork at the rear to accommodate the brand new Honda engine which of course we'll talk about in a moment so it's strange because the Adrian Newey is very reluctant to using or borrowing, if you like, other people's ideas and apply them to his own cars. He's very much an innovator rather than a follower on this. But given how effective it's been for Mercedes and the fact that they could do this within the rules with the new design elements, of course, there are some elements that are uh, impervious from the new regulations and free to be you know, worked on throughout the season. It looks like a step in the right direction. Overall, with this car, um, I think... It's more refinement rather than innovation. So we know Red Bull won't get lost in their design like Ferrari did uh, back last season when they tried to change elements of the car and it, and it just didn't work. Um, but, you know, I, I think overall the car looks pretty good. Will it be enough to beat Mercedes? Again, I don't know because it will depend on what Mercedes bring. Again, Mercedes have a lot more to lose out on in terms of the downforce that's being lost because of their aero advantages. Of course, the removal of DAS as well. Um, Lee, I'll I'll put this question to you first. Having looked at the Red Bull car, I don't know how much detail you have, but do you feel from what we've seen in first instance that Red Bull, and also bear in mind the regulation changes, of course, how they will affect each team. Do you feel like Red Bull could be in the right place at the right time to really challenge Mercedes more often than not this season and perhaps give Max a car that he could win a world championship with? I mean, we all, we don't actually know, obviously, the, the possibility to obviously the first race, but you get a better idea through testing. Um, and as Courtney said, I think with Red Bull, it's, always, it's key for them to start the season running and not trying to catch up for two or three races because by that point, Mercedes have run three wins 
they switch off mid-season and start next year and Red Bull caught up three quarters through the season and then it's all right, championship over. Um, so they have the potential. Red Bull always had the potential. They're, they're, they're still a championship winning team. They're, right? They've lost, their drivers have changed since their, their four straight wins on the trot, but the core team is still fundamentally the same. On, give or take a few personnel, obviously. Um, and obviously the mastermind of Adrian Newey. So it's, it's still very much a chance um, for them to, to nab it. Mercedes being handicapped probably just as much as Red Bull or even more so because obviously they've got more to lose than other teams being the, the dominant team. Um, but another, another thought just to throw into the hat, just imagine Sergio Perez. We know he's a solid driver. We know what he can do. Known quantity, makes tyres last. Verstappen hasn't quite mastered his tyre usage. Could you see Perez beating Verstappen on just on tyre strategy alone and becoming the the main point scorer for Red Bull? And if Red Bull turn it around to have a championship winning car, could it be Sergio Perez <laughs> being champion and not Verstappen? Well, I mean, we haven't really given that too much thought, but it's certainly not out of the question as, as likely as, you know, as it is, may seem, given that the two championship protagonists, as we expect, will be Lewis and Max. But of course, it's not Count Valtteri out of it either, of course. He's going to be in the right equipment to have a go himself again. But um, yeah, it's an interesting point. I, I think Max last season, you rightly pointed out, Lee, one of his biggest weaknesses amongst, as well as the tyre management, was not being able to win races when he was in the position to do so um, by proxy of, uh, you know, there was an expectation that he was going to win like Turkey, for example, you know, he was in a position where, you know, he'd put a car in a good qualifying position on the front row and he never really was able to take that race by the scruff of its neck and do what he had to do in the right moments. He made that critical mistake, ironically against Sergio Perez when he was racing in the racing point. And, Obviously, the race winner was Lewis Hamilton. You know, Lewis does what Lewis does best, you know, wins those races, especially ones you don't expect him to win, which are many, but he does when he has to. And Max has got to make sure that he maximizes the opportunities that he gets. Of course, let's not discount the brilliant performance he did at the 70th anniversary Grand Prix. And of course, Abu Dhabi, where he completely controlled the latter of those two races that's the sort of performance we need max to put in more this season lewis of course is an expert at time management that could be a critical factor the tires might be better for some of the teams next season given that there's going to be less loading downforce on these cars but the teams are so good at recouping all of that back i don't know how much of a performance advantage it will give them over the long distance of a race they'll probably just mitigate that with their strategies um courtney want to bring you into this discussion as well what are your thoughts on the max verstappen factor do you feel that max is ready in terms of the all-round ability to take the title fight to lewis hamilton and if there are any things he needs to remove any weaknesses he needs to get rid of that you feel he may still have what would those be in particular i think the first well the main issue is what mercedes because we've had this cycle, you know, we've had these little changes in regulations in 2017, 2019. They've made these little regulation changes to try and slow Mercedes down. And time and time again, we thought, okay, this could be the season that Ferrari or Red Bull were really going to challenge Mercedes. But Mercedes always seem to find a way. They have some great minds there. They always seem to find a way to be the top team. Like the way that I, I still find incredible how they found that gap in 2020, the way they did. Yet again, we expected Red Bull to be close, and it wasn't the case. 
and the fact that they stopped developing in Hungary. I know famously went wrong for um, Ferrari in 2004 going into 2005 and they've done something similar. But generally speaking, Mercedes will have had such an upper hand and always had the time to think about these regulation changes. So as Lee's already stated, it depends what Mercedes bring. Hmm. And he also raises a very interesting point about Max Verstappen's time management because he's right. If Sergio Perez gets this right, we could be in for a great season because... Sergio Perez isn't going to be as submissive as Gasly and Albon. They're both inexperienced at the time and wanted to make an impact in a big team. Perez kind of already has experience driving in a big team and with a big driver with um, McLaren and Jensen Button. And if he has a sniff of a championship winning car, he has he, 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 shouldn't, he shouldn't have to roll back. If he's, if he's performing well enough from the start of the season, we could be in for a season similar to the way that we see with uh, Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo, like, like, like scenes in Baku, for example. If Max Verstappen is challenged, he can be rattled. There's no denying how exceptionally talented he is. But the last two, three seasons, since Daniel Ricciardo left, he's had it relatively easy with his teammates. So we could see somebody that ruffles feathers a bit in the form of um, Sergio Perez. Hmm. No, you're absolutely right. And I think it's fair to say that being teammates with Max Verstappen has arguably been one of the toughest jobs to have in Formula One, maybe more tougher to have than teammates with Lewis Hamilton in some regards, perhaps. Um, obviously, you know, you guys can give your own opinions to that in the comments section, if you wish, uh, where you see it between Max and Lewis. But um, let's talk about Honda um, as well. We've got to mention them. This will be their final season as an official engine supplier in Formula One. Of course, they've struck a deal with Red Bull to allow Red Bull to continue using the engine beyond 2022, uh, beyond 2021, I should say, and of course, make their own modifications via third-party support in line with the new regulations with the engine freeze going effective from 2022 onwards to 2025. So, you know... As a result of this, Honda have had to fast track a lot of their development programs to bring an engine that was originally scheduled for 2022 to be used in 2021. Now, Honda are very optimistic about this engine being very good. But unlike previous seasons when they struggled with McLaren and, of course, what followed after that, they've been they've been keeping their cards to their chest on this one. Whilst they seem quietly confident, they haven't really said too much now. I'm taking that as a good sign. I think Honda know what they're doing. They've improved a lot over recent years. And I think this could be very good for them. But because they've had to fast track these performance upgrades to such a degree, it's been a massively aggressive program. Lee, I'm going to ask you first. Is there a fear that this Honda engine could be mightily quick, but also very unreliable and unstable? And that perhaps that could be what derails Max Verstappen's championship or Perez's in this case? Well, I think there's always a chance when you change that much mechanical components all in one go that, especially in the early races, that overheating, you get some unreliable part manufacturing process, that there could be some higher unreliability in the opening season, which could end the championship um, early, especially if Lewis um, wins, romps away to multiple race wins. Um, so there is a higher degree of, of that could happen. I mean, you, you look at previous seasons uh, uh, that where the engines have changed massively. And the right 20, 2014, for example, you had a massive change from the from the previous years. And apart from Mercedes getting it spot on, there was such a high unreliability between Renault and Ferrari 
you know, even to a degree, uh, Mercedes, because it was untrialed and they're just having that kind of mileage put through. So I think there's a good chance that, although fast, it may backfire in Red Bull's faces, but then they could be sitting pretty for 2022. It's that... Uh, investment that Honda do now that could reap Red Bull rewards in the future, especially if they can close up that horsepower um, advantage that Mercedes currently have over Honda. Well, Honda themselves were very surprised about the performance gains that Mercedes made, particularly in 2020, which Mercedes himself said was inspired by Ferrari's progress, although albeit um, not necessarily within the rules, or at least in the right uh, morals of the rules. We'll never know what the outcome of that investigation was, but nonetheless, um, we can infer from what Honda are doing that this engine will be a significant step up in performance. There is the reliability concern, of course, with aggressively changing so much on the internal combustion engine, the turbo, and of course the electronic elements as well, such as the MG UK uh, and H as well. Um, let's talk about obviously where we think Red Bull are going to fare this season. Of course, we've talked in great depth already about the Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez potential rivalry within the Red Bull team for supremacy. Um, how significant a factor will Perez be for Red Bull? Um, Courtney, I'll come to you first, because um, I looked at the photos of Perez. I've seen the video interviews, and I'm not going to lie. It absolutely fills my heart with joy to see Sergio Perez beaming with happiness and confidence of where he is right now and the position he is in, which he has thoroughly earned. Let's not discount that. But you know, with that comes that added pressure to deliver. And unlike his former teammates, he's probably not going to get another opportunity at this if it doesn't work out for him. But he also has that experience. And of course, as a race winner as well, uh, the know-how on how to get results done. Courtney, do you feel, or how significant will Sergio Perez be this season? And do you feel he could be what Red Bull needs to take the fight with both cars to Mercedes rather than just the one in Max Verstappen? I expect Sergio Perez to be very helpful to Red Bull in the Constructors' Championship. But as I've already stated, if he starts well, I think we could be in for quite a rocky season for that team. So you could find that they could be taking points off each other. You know, with, with um, Mercedes, they kind of have it easy. They have a clear number one driver uh, with Lewis. So in that sense, it's quite easy for them. So it could work either way. But I, I don't expect Sergio Perez to sit back. And I can, I can see him taking points off Max. And I, particularly, if they are very, very close to win that championship, then, yeah, I, I, I fully expect them to be taking points off and off each other. And that's why, personally, I think I, I can still see Lewis getting an eight-fold championship, given everything we've said today. So, with that in mind, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Do you feel that Red Bull might have to impose some level of team orders um, to allow or, or to prevent, I suppose, Sergio Perez from taking too many points off his teammate, which could potentially derail his championship chances. I, to be honest, I expect that to happen. We we saw it with um, in the past with um, Sebastian Vettel and Mark Webber because Mark Webber challenged Sebastian Vettel more than people seem to remember. Twenty twelve, so, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, with multi twenty one, for example. Um, I expect it to happen, and then there's going to be there's going to be hysterics within the um, F1 fan base because, as fans, we want to be seeing the drivers given equal opportunities. But as constructors who put millions and millions and millions of pounds into developing these cars and winning championships, they don't care who wins; they want to win the championship. So the fans and the, and the manufacturers have very different wants from a race, and 
it's, it's obvious that Max is the number one driver. We saw it with Ricardo, you know. So, as much as I want to see them challenge, if it does get to that point, Red Bull will win a thing. But that could that, that could lead on to more drama within the team. It all depends on competitive Red Bull world, which will sort of determine whether Perez and Verstappen get on well or whether they won't. Mm. And and what about you, Lee? Right, yeah, I do do agree that if it get, if it's close competition, I think Red Bull have proven that they will do team orders for their number one. Although they say they don't have a number one, Marco has his preferences. We we all we all know uh, not bad for a number two driver. That good old saying from Weber when he won Silverstone. Um, once he had his front wing taken away, um, but yeah, it's but yeah, they do have, Red Bull do have to be uh, careful though because they've only got Sergio Perez on a one-year contract, hmm. and if Red Bull are in a position that they're winning a title and Sergio has a chance of winning that title, what Formula One driver in the right mind will go? Oh, sure, I'll let my teammate through so he can win the championship when I can win the championship. Um, so there could easily be fireworks if Red Bull mis- mismanages which, to be perfectly honest, they don't have a great track record of managing team orders anyway. So it could blow up in their face um, quite badly. Um, but as I said, it's all hypothetical until we actually know what Red Bull turn up with. Well, they also have the added insurance of Alex Albon as well. Let's not forget Alex was yep. testing uh, the RB15 today as part of his duties as a test and reserve driver. Um, so he will very much be uh, keeping a keen eye on what's going on and obviously doing the best that he can to try and impress the Red Bull bosses from the sidelines if and uh, when Max and Perez come together and it might cause friction within the team. We'll have to wait and see. Um, it's a very interesting scenario because Sergio Perez coming from racing point, of course, he had the history with Esteban Ocon as well. Um, you know, and Jensen Button, I remember the McLaren days, but Perez is not the same driver he was, especially at McLaren. And, you know, all that aside, it, it might give Perez a bit more leeway in terms of what he needs to do. I don't think Red Bull are too concerned about this. I think they've absolutely convinced that they've signed the right driver to partner Max Verstappen for next season for all the right reasons. I'm certainly looking forward to see how it goes. Um, toward, towards the end of this episode, guys, I'm gonna, this is going to do some quick fire predictions now to sort of round this off. First things first, um, Max or Sergio, who do you think will win this inter-team battle? Uh, and just to give a quick reason why, uh, Lee, I'll come to you first. Well, I'm going to just go with the wild card here and say Sergio. Ooh, very bold, very and, bold. I like it. And I, I think, and I'm putting the main, main reason down, is to tyre management. Verstappen is a fast, skillful driver, great in inter-wheel combat, but his tyre management is lacking. And apart from Lewis, Sergio is probably one of the other drivers on the grid that is up there with making his tyres last. As long as he needs to, get the speed out of them as much as he needs to and get the result that is required. And I think that could end, turn the battle in an interesting battle in his favour. He may, well, I'd say he may, he probably won't be able to beat Verstappen in qualifying. But come race day, that's when the points are given and that's when Sergio has a chance of beating Max. And that, for that reason, you're unstable Max. Max makes mistakes. That sort of spirals again. So I'm just going to go with that as the wildcard option because everyone obviously set to about Max and I feel a bit sorry for Sergio because he's not being even considered. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Uh, it's a fair point. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of expectation is for Max to be the top dog at Red Bull. Um, Courtney, uh, how about you? Which one do you think is going to come out on top, Max or Sergio? I want to agree with Lee because it would give us a great championship, but I, I'm just, I'm just worried that Red Bull are going to look after their golden child. 
as they did with Sebastian Vettel. And I just think if, if the car has a chance of winning the championship, they're going to go with Max. Mm. I think that's a fair point. I would probably agree with you, although I feel that Max, with the experience of the car and the car obviously designed a bit more tailored for him, um, not, you know, by proxy, that's just how it is at Red Bull. Of course, they're going to cater to the drivers that they've had there until lately. They literally were signed Sergio to, at the point where the car was pretty much all but done. So there would be no time at all to set it up for Sergio or design it around any preference for him. So I'll go with Max as well. Um uh, will Red Bull win r- more races this season than they did last season? They only won two. Uh, Lee, I'll come to you first. I think that they will win more than two races. Um, I think they have a very good chance. May have to wait till the end of the season. But then it could easily be that the the beginning of the season may be their best chance while Mercedes are hurt from the lack of error just as much as Red Bull are. So it's all down to which team has made up the most error from the changing floor. But I, based on how previous seasons have gone, I reckon they'll get more than two races, win, uh, two race victories. And personally, I'll be very happy if Sergio gets at least one race win in a Red Bull colours. Well, I'll, I'll ask you that one because that was going to be my next question. Do you think Sergio will win a race this season? I think he will win a race, yes. Hmm. Hopefully, Hopefully more yeah. than one. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, it could be as dramatic as the race he won in Sakir. That would be pretty yeah. special. But I imagine it, he'd probably prefer a race win in the more conventional means rather than yeah. the one he had to do in Sakir. But uh, that completely caught everybody by surprise. Um, Courtney, I'll push that to you. Do you think Red Bull will win more races this season? And also, will Sergio win a race this season for Red Bull? I think the calendar this year could benefit Red Bull because they missed out last season on two of the tracks they do particularly well on, which were Brazil and Mexico. So I think they're going to have a couple more races this season that will be to their benefit. And obviously we have more races, 23 races, which will be more opportunities for them to win. So yeah, I certainly expect them to win more races. And with Sergio Perez, I think I think every single F1 fan, apart from Max Verstappen fans, would love to see Sergio Perez win in Mexico. Can you imagine the things if he was to do that? Mm, absolutely agree, mate. That would be pretty special and realistic as well, given Red Bull have been very dominant there. And, you know, there's no evidence to suggest that that's going to change, even as mighty as Mercedes have been. You know, they've always struggled at Mexico compared to Red Bull and the engine advantage they've had has been mitigated because of the high altitude. Um, so the last one to you guys before we wrap this up, this Red Bull car, from what you've seen now, of course, you know, the obvious caveats, we haven't seen the Mercedes yet. We haven't seen what innovations they're going to bring or how the testing timesheets are going to fare. But going in completely blind and from what we've seen on Red Bull so far, do you think that this Red Bull car is good enough for Red Bull to win a World Championship? And in addition, do you think they will? Uh, Courtney, I'll come to you first on that. I think they're going to get a lot closer, but I think Mercedes have the experience and the know-how to get this, um, to get this championship over the line. Fair enough. And Lee, how about you? Well, I'll say the real question is it, um, to be or not to be being it's a, a B car. Um, sorry, I couldn't miss it. That <laughs> um, that's uh, the thumbnail uh, uh, right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my point. Um, no, it's uh, they're going to be, as uh, Corny said, a lot closer. Yeah, probably have a, a lot less um, Mercedes romping into the distance. But yeah, I think it's realistically it's going to be Lewis's eight tyre to work and the Mercedes are bringing another constructors championship. Mm. It's certainly going to be a tight battle and, you know, reluctantly I want, I'm going to agree with you guys. Although 
there's, there's more my head than my heart on this one. I'd love to see Red Bull really go toe-to-toe Mercedes. We all would, to be honest. That's the battle we want to see. We'd love to see Ferrari up there as well or any other teams, of course. But realistically speaking, it looks like it's going to be a battle between two teams until, of course, a wheel is turned at the first race in Bahrain and Mercedes win by about a minute. Um, obviously, I'm exaggerating, but, um, you know, Mercedes are that good. They always blow everybody away, uh, no matter how close the testing timesheet seemed to indicate. But, of course... We're only going to get the true picture when lights out in Bahrain. Um, all that's left to say, of course, on this episode, guys, is let us know what you think. Do you think Red Bull with this car can really give Max and, of course, Checo the opportunity to win the World Championship against Mercedes? How do you think the team rivalry will get on? And, of course, let us know what you think of the car. Do you like the look of it? Would you like to see Red Bull go with something different on the livery? Or if there's anything that we've missed out, do let us know. Lee, Of course, once again, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We look forward to reviewing some of the other cars with you for the rest of this this, uh, pre-season period. Yeah, thank you for having me. I will be back. And of course, Courtney, as always, thank you so much for adding in your expert insight as well. Always a pleasure, Adam. And uh, all that's left to say, guys, of course, if you are listening to us on your favourite podcasting platform, make sure to like and, of course, follow us on whichever one. And if you are following us on YouTube, make sure to like the video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't helped us reach our targets. We're so, so, so close to 200. And, of course, we're targeting 1,000 by the end of the year, and we've got more great content to come for you guys as well. Last thing that's left to say, just a quick note before we wrap this up, the uh, 2021 Meet the Drivers and Teams video that we've got coming very, very soon. It was meant to be out on the 25th, but owing to the sudden releases of the new cars and, of course, Red Bull launching on a specific date, we have had to push that back. That is going to be Sunday, the 28th of February on the DNF1 YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe and also hit that notifications bell so you can see that video as soon as it comes out. Until then, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, stay safe and we'll see you in the next episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. See you soon. Podcast Network.